This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 30th of May in your Squiz today, settling some leadership questions, plans afoot in the Pacific, free flu vaccines, and four years of the Squiz Today podcast. This is your Squiz Today. Starting with politics this morning, and that's because the Liberals and Nationals are set to elect their new leaders for their next phase of government in opposition when their party rooms meet today. While for the Liberals, Peter Dutton and former Environment Minister Susan Lee should be elected leader and deputy leader unopposed, it is shaping up to be a bit of a race for the Nationals. It's a three-cornered contest for the Nationals. Barnaby Joyce, of course, is the current leader. Uh, He's facing a challenge from two of his colleagues, Victorian Darren Chester and Queenslander David Littleproud. Uh, Darren Chester was the Veterans Affairs Minister. He was dumped from the front bench when Joyce became the leader again last year. Littleproud was the Agriculture Minister in the Morrison government, and he's someone who has worked quite closely with Joyce in the past. Uh, what Chester says is that it's time for a change. What Littleproud says is that he reckons he's the guy to lead them towards that 2020 election. So we'll see how that all fares today. The Nationals did better in the election than the Liberals. They held on to all of their 16 seats, but there's been plenty of criticism of Joyce's leadership, including some claims from the Liberals that he damaged their chances in inner city and suburban seats because of his position on climate policies. Joyce isn't having much of that. He said, we're not the Liberals' excuse. They have to look to their own ship and own it. Once the leadership question is settled, there is still the question of shadow portfolios. Former Energy Minister Angus Taylor looks set to take on shadow treasury. Labor will decide about how they're divvying up their remaining portfolios at a caucus meeting tomorrow. Yeah, what happens for Labor is the factions meet today uh, and they decide who they want to put forward into that ministry in the new Albanese government. Uh, There will be that formal caucus meeting tomorrow to confirm all of that and it's expected there'll be a swearing-in ceremony on Wednesday. All getting ready, of course, for Parliament to resume in July. Final counting for the election is still taking place. Labor is still on 75 seats. We could know where the seat of McNamara in Victoria will land today, and that one could get Labor to their outright 76 majority. Lots going on in the Pacific with both Australia's Foreign Minister Penny Wong and China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi in the region. China is working on a 10-nation security and trade deal, so to say Australia and our allies are paying attention to what's going on would be an understatement. Yeah, exactly right, because it really is something that's quite new. And Wang is going to pitch that to a group of 10 foreign ministers at a meeting in Fiji today. So expect to see quite a bit of attention on that one. Wang has already toured quite a few countries in the Pacific since arriving there late last week. He went to the Solomon Islands and has promised a new police training facility. Uh, There's also been cooperation deals struck with Samoa and Kiribati. 
What we know is that the Albanese government really is concerned about this. We saw Foreign Minister Penny Wong sprinting to Fiji last week. She had a very productive meeting with uh, their Prime Minister, Frank Bounimarama. And also we saw on the weekend a deal done with Papua New Guinea that we'll see some Australian Defence Forces sent there. Uh, A lot going on, as you say, and a lot more to come. Yeah, exactly. Analysts say there's a lot of work for Australia to do given China's intense focus on winning friends in our region. With flu season arriving hard and early, governments are keen for people to get the flu jab to ease pressure on hospital systems. New South Wales has now joined Queensland, WA and South Australia in offering free flu vaccines, Claire. Yeah, it's certainly stepping up on that front and that's because there are many thousands of cases of the flu. Uh, We have only seen a handful recorded in the last couple of years, but now that we're back travelling again uh, and things are moving around, including flu viruses, uh, it's something that experts say uh, if you're over six months old, you should think about getting, not just if you're in those high-risk categories, which includes pregnant women, uh, children under five and adults over 65 years old. Uh, There's some pressure coming on the federal government to pay up for those flu vaccines for all Australians. But as you say, those states are going ahead with a program and there could be some movement on a more national approach as we get into winter, which, believe it or not, is happening this week. I know, June in a couple of days. It is said to be a particularly nasty strain of flu that's going around. So far, six and a half million Australians have had a flu jab. In the sport of cycling, there are three big headline events, the Tour de France, the Giro d'Italia and the Vuelta in Spain. And now Australian rider Jay Hindley has taken out the Giro. It's a huge achievement from the 26-year-old from Perth. It's just an amazing achievement. Yeah. The second Australian to win a race of that kind of calibre. Uh, what he said is that he's really proud to be an Australian and to have that honour. Uh, he had an incredible Giro. What happened was that he stayed very very close to the race leader throughout the 21 stages and it was just on Saturday in that second to last stage where he was able to take the lead and it seems like a very strategic long-term race plan that he had to be able to do that. Um, That race goes for 3,445 kilometres. He won it ahead of his nearest rival by one minute and eight seconds. It's all pretty incredible. He joins, of course, Cadell Evans as the other Australian cyclist who's won one of these events. Evans took out the Tour de France in 2011. There are plenty of plans afoot in the UK to celebrate the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. This one might be a little more on the unexpected side. UK's Prime Minister Boris Johnson is expected to announce a return to the imperial measurement system in honour of the Jubilee. Could be back to pounds and ounces, Claire. Yeah, and what Johnson says is that uh, when it comes to Britain anyway, they haven't had the metric system really for all that long. It was just in 2000 when the European Union's requirement for metric weights and measures came into force. Uh, Plenty of retailers have continued with that imperial metric system and just put it alongside those metric weights. Uh, It does seem like a bit of a throwback to a distant time 
of course, Australia has had metric for a really long time. Most of the world works on metric. Uh, So to go back to those imperial measurements, uh, Johnson says is not only good for the nation, it's something that never really went away and a really nice way to mark the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. There are also people that say the move is a bit of a hat tip to the Brexit true believers. Yeah, not many countries using the imperial system. The US, Myanmar and Liberia are the only other three countries. A new world record has been set for the largest gathering of people dressed as vampires. It took 1,369 people, Claire. Yes, they've broken the record to mark 125 (laughs) years since Bram Stoker's novel Dracula was published. Uh, They broke it by quite a bit, a couple of hundred people. I imagine that would be quite a sight, going to Whitby Abbey in North Yorkshire. I don't know how warm it is this time of year, (laughs) but certainly having all of those blood-sucking wannabes, it would be quite interesting to see. And just think how many more they could have gotten if they'd done it in the night and not during the day. (laughs) It's my little vampire joke. (laughs) But it's you have to dress correctly. You have to be wearing black shoes, black trousers or dress, waistcoat, shirt, black cape or a collared overcoat and then fangs on the top set of teeth to be counted as a vampire, to (laughs) be part of an official world record. So these things are taken very seriously indeed. Squiz the day. I know you'll probably have your eye on those leadership announcements, Claire. It's worth a mention as well that it is a public holiday in Canberra today. They're marking the Reconciliation Day public holiday. But before we go, something we actually forgot to mention on the podcast last week because we're terrible at marking (laughs) milestones, but we have clocked four years of the Squiz Today podcast. Pretty incredible, huh? Four years. Crazy. Uh More than a thousand episodes. I don't even want to think how many early morning starts that is because it's more than a thousand. Uh, so yeah, pretty incredible. We've had a great time with the podcast. Um, we were the first Australian short form uh, news podcast going out in the morning. We reckon we're still the best. Uh, we have a great time doing it, which is the reason why we keep doing it, Larissa. Yeah, it is a lot of fun to get on the mic with you. I know Kate feels the same, but a huge thank you to you for all your listens, for all all your reviews, your recommendations for telling your people about us. It does mean that we've been here for four years and we hope to be here for many, many more to come. That's all from us. Have a good one. We'll be back with you tomorrow.